Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. I'm Darren Hefty. And I'm Brian Hefty. Thanks for joining us. Today on the show, we're going to talk a little about pigweed escapes in corn or soybeans. Hopefully that has not happened to you, but in the event that it has, or if it does at some point, we want to talk about that a little bit today. If you've got any questions for us, just give us a call here, 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743. Or you can send us an email, radio at agphd.com. All right, so in just a minute, we'll get to the Ag PhD mailbag. Before we do, I'll give you a couple of quick things with this pigweed escapes. Uh, dicamba and 2,4-D. So yesterday, I was meeting with a group of farmers um, in Iowa, and uh, one of the farmers brought me a water hemp plant. So that is smooth pigweed, water hemp is. Basically, by the way, water hemp, Palmer pigweed, same thing. Um, they're both smooth pigweeds. So you can call them different plants, that's fine. But in terms of how you control them and in terms of what the plant looks like, they're basically identical. Anyway, the plant, the water hemp plant was maybe two inches tall and it was um, the leaves were all cupped. You could absolutely see that it was affected. And I, I said, okay, I probably had, well, there were a bunch of farmers there. And I said, all right, guys, let's take a vote quick. How many think this weed's going to die? And there were a few hands that went up. And I said, how many think it's not going to die? And there were a bunch more hands went up that went up, including mine. And I said, yeah, it's unfortunate. I don't know that this weed is going to die. I hope it is. And I said, in the last couple of years, I've seen some of this same kind of thing on our own farm, and those weeds actually, believe it or not, most of them did die. So it just it was sprayed a week ago, and it was all curled up. So what do you do at that point? Usually, if I'm looking at something like that, I say, well, I'm just going to wait because, for one, if I go out and respray right now, nothing's going to happen. The, the plant's not going to bring more herbicide in or anything like that. But two, the other big thing that I think about is just it's rate sensitive. If I would have run a higher rate on any of my herbicide use, then I'm going to kill that weed that is kind of borderline. Maybe it's going to die. Maybe it's not. If I just use a little higher rate, oh yeah, I'm pretty sure it's going to die. So that holds true with Roundup, Dicamba, 2,4-D, Callisto, anything that you spray. Now the problem is sometimes you bump up against the full labeled rate. If you're already using the maximum labeled rate, well, legally you aren't supposed to apply anymore. And as an agronomist, I can't tell you to use anymore. It just stinks because I know and you know what would solve that problem is just using a little bit higher rate. Now, certainly you can tank mix something else in. And so we're going to talk through kind of what those options are today for, all right, what do you do if you haven't been able to get out to spray and you have big weeds or if you just have some weeds that didn't die earlier and now you've got to go hit them to try to get them under control. So... We're going to go through that today, uh, and like I said, we'll get to the Ag PhD mailbag in just a little bit here, too. But uh, first, we want to get to the phone lines. Uh, Darren, you have to pull that up for me. we got Clint right. calling in from down in Nebraska. Clint, how are you doing today? All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk to Clint here because he's talking dicamba. How's it going, Clint? Pretty good. How are you doing? Not too bad. All right. Talk to us. What's your question? Yeah, he was uh, talking or kind of hit the problem already i got the field of dicamba beans around it's around the farmstead it has a lot of 
has a big garden and a lot of flowers and stuff. And uh, I was wondering if they're, they're labeled to use either Liberty or Dicamba on them. And But I've, I've used Liberty the last couple of years on my corn there, and it just seems like it doesn't do a very good job of killing them things. And I was wondering if I can maybe add something to that or uh, use something different. Uh, what? basic well if i could get part you know i could spray the rest of the field probably with dicamba but i'd up around this area i'd like to use something else that's not so volatile yep we're totally with you now the good news is if you've used liberty before in corn you can't use as high a rate as you can in soybeans in soybeans you can actually go up to 43 ounces per acre a lot of people use 32 ounces is all and that's fine but if you've got some tough weeds or they're getting big uh, what liberty really likes it likes coverage it likes heat it likes sunlight and if you have all those things, you're generally speaking in pretty good shape. The Liberty will work well. If it was, so these Extend Flex soybeans now, I assume is what you're talking about, if you can spray dicamba and Liberty, um, you can spike a little bit of dicamba in, but there's no solution for that volatility thing. They actually have a new additive you have to throw in there, a volatility reduction agent whenever you spray dicamba over the top of soybeans. But that's, like I say, it's not going to solve the problem. So if I was in your situation, what would I do? Oh, I'd just go out there with 43 ounces of Liberty and call her good. Okay. Uh, do I need to put in... Uh, ammonium uh, sulfate. Yeah. Yep. Three pounds okay. of ammonium sulfate to the acre. Liberty... Make sure you have small spray droplets. Don't use your big dicamba nozzles or Roundup nozzles or anything like that. you got to have small spray droplets. And if you can bump your water, great. You know, if the weeds are still small and the crop's still small, it's not a big deal. You can run 10 gallons of water. But I, we just prefer 15 or 20 most of the time if stuff is big. But, I, for example, the fields I was in yesterday, I told the guys, don't let anybody tell you to spray 20 gallons of water. Your weeds are like an inch or two tall and your beans are four inches tall. There's no crop canopy, nothing. I said 10 gallons would be just fine. Just make sure your spray droplets are small. Okay. Well, that should take care of my problem. Well, last year I used like 32 ounces. and. Uh, yep. And so uh, I'll just go ahead and bump that up, and I think I'll probably get along then. Yep, yep, it'll work fine. And so a, a lot of times what we say, and I, I know it costs extra money to bump the rate. Believe me, we farm too. We're in the exact same boat. So it's just, you know, if I've got some clean fields or fields where I'm not having problems, 32 ounces a lot of times is fine, but there's no point in taking any chances if you got a field that's got history like that. Just bump the rate, spend a few extra bucks, and have it over with. Hey, Clint, thanks for the call, and good luck down there. Okay, thank you, sir. You bet. All right, bye. Listening to Ag PhD Radio, we'll be right back talking about pigweed escapes after this. If you've ever wondered how the Farmall got its name, here's an abbreviated list of the jobs the Case IH Farmall can do. Baling, cutting hay, feeding, hauling, loading, pulling, raking, cleaning barn, mixing feed, fertilizing, mowing, chopping, seeding, clearing, irrigating, furrowing, cultivating, hitching, digging, emergency tow, harrowing, hoisting, leading parades, excavating, grading. Let's make it simple. This tractor does it all. So no matter what you're doing, can do comes in red. Farmall. Learn more at caseih.com slash farmall. 
Don't miss the Ag PhD Field Day this year. After postponing last season, we're back and better than ever, and we have a lot of catching up to do. With the latest in ag technologies on display in our plots, in-person sessions with the world's top farmers, and tons of entertainment, food, and more, it's a day you won't want to miss. Thursday, July 29th, right here on the Hefty Farm. For more information and to register for the Ag PhD Field Day, visit agphd.com. You work for results. That's why the Enlist Weed Control System gives you flexible tank mixing, near zero volatility, a wide application window, and proven weed control. Because the Enlist system was built for your results. Get better weed control with no ifs, ands, or buts at Enlist.com. Enlist.com. Morton Buildings knows that great buildings need great people, and we want you to be the newest member of our team. Morton is expanding its construction crew, and we're seeking new and experienced candidates to fill our crew member positions. Morton provides great pay and training, so be a part of the next generation to build Morton. Don't let the opportunity to join the best construction crew in the business pass you by. Learn more on our careers page at mortonbuildings.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. And you know, we probably could have done this exact same show five years ago, 10 years ago, but 25 years ago, we wouldn't be having this show. Pigweed escapes in corn or soybeans? No way. We were doing a great job back then. We had a lot of different chemistries we were putting into play. And I find it interesting that here we are 25 years in the future and we're having pigweed troubles. Well, there are some solutions out there, so we're going to talk about them on today's program. And sometimes it, it just takes going back to the basics. we got Tom Wood with us right now with Belsham. Tom, how are you doing? Hi, Darren. I'm doing good. How about you? Good. Would you agree with me? 25 years ago, man, we were nailing pigweed. No problem out in the fields, but all of a sudden we got we fell in love with Roundup, I think, and that, that was our first mistake. Agreed, and it worked gangbusters for a while and then then what happens right resistance it works until it doesn't work that's for sure and (laughs) and now you know for for the guys who still have the roundup addiction they need something to mix with the roundup or or for those who have gotten off that roundup addiction they they're just looking for an alternative so talk to us tom talk to us about something new maybe that that not everybody's totally aware of so we know pigweed escapes one plant can do up to four hundred thousand seeds even when competing with corn and say you get 95% control and you got 50 escapes per acre, that's 20 million seeds. It starts to add up. You're doing all the right things. You have different modes of action and we would promote that as well. And you look at your field and say, is there something else I could have done? And the answer is, yeah. Yeah. Um, as you know, Belsham launched uh, tough this year, which with the AI uh, period eight, and adding pyridate to your your tank mix, and it goes with most tank mixes in um, in a in a wheat program. And you can take your control from ninety five percent to a hundred percent, and you take out all your your pig weeds. That's a, an awesome achievement. And we've seen this time and time again with tough in university levels. And now that uh, we've launched it this year, 
We know it's going out on hundreds of thousands of acres, and it's performing as advertised. So another mode of action, an underutilized mode of action with no read re- or uh, no resistance, no known resistance, it does a hell of a job. Yeah, I think that's a, there's a, several key points there that you made. A different mode of action than a lot of growers are using. We're mixing it up on the weed. We're not using the same thing over and over again. And when you think about it in the crop rotation, this is great. Use it Use it in one crop. You don't need to use it in every crop. You got one crop where you can just hammer these things and wipe these pigweeds out. So like you say, we don't have those 20 million seeds out there to deal with next year. That's right. And we worry about the weed seed bank as well. And many would say just bury them, bury them deep. But studies also show when you bury them, they come back. And uh, studies show 20% viable in one year of those seeds that just got buried in the dirt, 10% after two years. So we got to take them out. Yeah, we and should tough do. is a good answer for that. Okay, talk to us about the weather this year, Tom. I've had some guys that have tried tough for the first time that said, man, did I get just perfect weather, or why is this stuff working so good? Do you find weather conditions that really help it work even better? Well, we always like it when the, the sun's shining and we don't have uh, water coming down on it. Uh, but tough is not uh, weather-dependent, Um it works across all kinds of weather conditions. So we haven't seen any issues with that. And generally, it, it performs as advertised. And when you do have rain, um, we know that tough is rain fast in one hour. So if you get it out there real quick, you got an hour and then you're okay. So no issues with weather. The other question... Well. The other question, Tom, is growth stage. How far can we go with tough? Is this something we could even do with drops later on? We, you know, we always say, let's get the weeds while they're small and young. And uh, that always works best. But tough can be used up to the eight leaf stage of corn. So it does give you some flexibility and a good window of application if you run into those types of issues. Outstanding. Tom Wood with Belsham. Tom, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. All right. Thanks, Darren. Appreciate it. You bet. Uh, let's talk to Kate Grief next with BASF. How are you doing, Kate? Good. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Let's talk about soybeans. I'm going to give you the tough crop. Let's, let's talk soybeans and killing <laughs> pigweeds because that seems to be where a lot of our challenges are at. Uh, what What are some of the tools that growers need to be using and, and where are we falling short in some of these programs? Well, I think the thing to remember with pigweed and soybeans is that it's really easy to see where we've got pigweed escapes and soybeans when it comes to August and we're driving down the highway and you see them po- poking over the top of the beans and, and corn, we can't really quite see them as clearly from the highway, but you're right. Um, over the last several years, options for herbicide control in soybeans, we've had some improvements in the fact that we've changed up the trait systems that are available in the marketplace. And so uh, I will say from a herbicide standpoint, as these new trait systems have launched, uh, thinking the Enlist trait system, ExtendFlex trait system, Liberty Link GT27, we've got options for multiple post-herbicide sites of action, um, which gives us greater flexibility in our post-weed control. Um, So that is one of the things that we have going for us in soybeans um, as we look to future control of, I'd say, glyphosate-resistant pigweed. But the other thing that I think we always need to keep in mind in soybeans is it takes us a little bit further to get to canopy so adding in a post-residual, a lot of a lot of us are using 
pre-residual herbicides, but adding in a post-residual herbicide like a group 15, also known as a long-chain fatty acid, um, Outlook or Zidua from BASF are going to be imperative to having good control all the way through the season. Yeah, a lot of comments about group 15s. It seems like that message is getting out there pretty well. One of the bigger areas we've gotten questions on is on Ingenia and what are the best practices? What are you seeing? Because we've seen some fields that have been absolutely lights out for control. Uh, talk to us about that product and, and what growers should be doing to get the best results. Well, as with any product, um, always come back to following your application recommendations that are on the label, right? And so as we know with Ingenia and any of the dicambas, um, we've got some very specific label requirements that we need to follow um, in order to get, one, follow the, follow the law, and two, get the control that we're looking for. Um, so using labeled rates, Ingenia would be 12.8 fluid ounces per acre. Um, tank mixing that with another herbicide, the glyphosate better approved. Um, and then also making sure that we're throwing in that buffering technology. But nozzles are key. So using that TTI-type nozzle with Ingenia um, to get the droplet size we need for good performance would be also be something that's key um, for an Ingenia application. And that's no different than what I would say for a Liberty application, completely different type of herbicide. But if you go back to what's actually written in the label, that that is going to give you the best guideline for how to get good, good weed control out of that particular herbicide. Um, and so I would use that as the baseline. You know, you're right about Liberty too, for, for the growers that are switching back and forth, they, it's different nozzles, different amount of water. I mean, there's just a number of things that growers are doing a little bit differently and, and using ammonium sulfate with the, with the Liberty, it's something you definitely don't want to do on the dicamba application. So you're right. Just take the time, look back through and, and see what the label actually says. And then, then the, then the tough part, Kate is following that. I have talked to some growers that said, man, you know, the label said I was going to fast. And when I slowed down, it actually worked better. Is that real? And I'm like, you just said so. Yes, it is real. You can't drive too it fast in the field. Well, and then we have to remind ourselves that that changes um, how that, that pattern comes out of the nozzle too, right? So when we're talking about pigweed, typically we talk about spraying less than three inch weeds. And so coverage on those weeds is one of the most important things we need to think about as we're setting up our sprayers, but thinking about our applications. And so the faster we're going, we're messing up that spray pattern. We're probably not getting the coverage we need on that particular weed. But that, that also leads me to another point. If we start thinking about spraying bigger weeds in the field, um, you've got more growing points on that weed to cover. And so your herbicides, just you're spreading it more thin. Um, is probably a simple way of saying it, but weed height, nozzle pattern, choosing the right nozzle, all of those things are very important when it comes to controlling pigweed. Absolutely, and you mentioned that weed height thing, and I love the rate flexibility on Liberty and, and what we can do there. We already had a question on that earlier on today's program. We're talking with Kate Grief here with BASF. Kate, thank you so much. Great stuff, and look forward to having you back again sometime. Thank you. I appreciate the time. Listening to Ag PhD Radio, we're talking pigweeds today, and we'll be right back. Give your corn a strong defense against stress throughout the season with MycoApply Indoprime SC. MycoApply Indoprime SC uses four specially selected species of mycorrhizal fungi to protect your crop against stress. That means more access to water and key micronutrients while building a healthy soil structure for stronger crops for years to come. 
Stronger corn starts beneath the surface. Learn more about MycoApply Indoprime SC at IndoprimeCorn.com. Always read and follow label instructions. If you're a student seeking a career in agriculture or just want to learn more about raising good crops, at Ag PhD, we have some great news for you. On Saturday, June 26th, we're holding an Ag PhD Young Farmers Field Day right here on our farm. In addition to providing great information, we'll be heading into the fields to show you the principles of agronomy and crop scouting firsthand. College scholarships will be available to eligible attendees too. For more information and to register for the Young Farmers Field Day, visit agphd.com. Your soil, your season, your edge. Make the new three-point Soil Warrior Edge from Environmental Tillage Systems your strip tillage system. Because you don't get to choose the condition of your soil, the Soil Warrior Edge is engineered to handle whatever's in your fields. And that same durable engineering goes the extra acre when that's what you have to do. The new Soil Warrior Edge three-point mounted strip till system. Learn more at SoilWarrior.com. Help keep the toughest, most resistant diseases out of your fields with Lucento Fungicide from FMC. An exclusive novel premix of two modes of action delivers broad-spectrum control and a long-lasting protective residual. Tackle key diseases in corn, soybeans, wheat, peanuts, and sugar beets. Choose Lucento Fungicide from FMC. Visit your FMC retailer or lucento.ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow label directions for use. Don't miss the Ag PhD Field Day this year. After postponing last season, we're back and better than ever, and we have a lot of catching up to do. With the latest in ag technologies on display in our plots, in-person sessions with the world's top farmers, and tons of entertainment, food, and more, it's a day you won't want to miss. Thursday, July 29th, right here on the Hefty Farm. For more information and to register for the Ag PhD Field Day, visit agphd.com. Do you need to replant soybeans due to cold temperatures, heavy rains, or another weather event? Weeds don't seem to care, and you have limited options for last-minute weed control. This is when you turn to Spitfire herbicide from New Farm. Unlike other Phenoxy herbicides, Spitfire can be applied up to seven days before planting. Fields treated with the dual active power of Spitfire will benefit from weed control that will ease planting and help your beans establish a good stand. Spitfire from New Farm, here to help. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today, talking about pigweed escapes in corn or soybeans, but also taking your calls and agronomic questions at 844-44-AG-PHD. Now, maybe your question is pigweed escapes, and if so, get another great guest for you. we got Trevor Israel right now with Valent on. Trevor, how you doing? Oh, trying to stay cool, Darren. How are you? <laughs> well, that is almost impossible. It's probably easier to kill pigweeds than to stay cool when it's uh, 90 to 100 degrees out there in fields. Okay, talk, talk to us about these weeds. When it is super hot, can we still kill them, or do we need to wait? Uh, well, that's needing to wait. That can get you in a whole lot of trouble when you're talking about pigweeds. The, the size is, is what matters for some of these weeds, uh, especially with um, some of the tools we have, uh, you know, we have some, uh, good tools, um, like some of the new oxen herbicides, but, uh, you know, if you don't have that option or if the, uh, certainly with these warm, uh, temperatures, that option, uh, really diminishes. So 
we have some older chemistries, uh, still proven chemistries, uh, some of the post-PPO products, uh, and they're contact herbicides, so they really need uh, to work the, the best on some of those small weeds. So really need to kill all of those growing points on those weeds with these PPO herbicides. So uh, keeping them in that two to four inch uh, height is, uh, is critical. Uh, for uh, effective weed control uh, right now in those pigweeds. Trevor, I think you're on the right track here too because we, we hear so many growers saying, well, I've always got Cobra as a late season rescue. That product was designed for two to four inch tall weeds. And if so, we do an excellent job when we spray them. You know, right now, the one thing that I've been hearing from growers who have been using some Cobra or Phoenix, they're talking about white mold and that, you know what, I'm going to knock out pigweed and I'm also going to help myself for white mold if we happen to have those conditions pop up later. Is that is that a legit thing? Is this the right time to be doing that? Um, well, you um, you're on to a, a good point there with the white mold. Um, you know, typically that uh, the better timing for that might be a little bit later in in season when uh, uh, you know when you can see it right before bloom or or right at bloom. Um, for, for the uh, the white mold effect, but yes, you can have the, the white mold effect with six ounces of cobra. Although it's not a a uh, an herbicidal rate, we don't want to market that as an herbicidal rate. But at some of those uh, reduced rates late, later in the season, you can really target uh, the white mold. But that effect, so if you if you're spraying weeds, with, you can see that effect with the uh, the higher rate as well, the the, uh, the pigweed rate, the 10 to 12 fluid ounces, and that'll have a, a few weeks lag time as those uh, compounds are still, uh, defense compounds are still within the, the soybean plant. So there is some of that carryover effect. Um, uh, but yes, uh, ideally, uh, you know, you could be able to kill some small pigweeds and still have a, a help out on your white mold as well. All right, when a product like Cobra. When you're talking about these PPO products, Cobra and Phoenix are just great examples. How do you get the most out of them? How do you make them work fantastic out in the field? Well, um, uh, targeting the, the small weeds, uh, like we've talked about, um, uh, working out in the field, you um, you know, if you can, you really want to try and switch out your nozzles uh, to get a uh, – a medium to, to coarse spray pattern, you know, with a flat fan nozzle or some of these uh, hollow cone nozzles will get you in that spray pattern. That's uh, very effective for some of these contact burner herbicides, uh, as well as increasing the spray pressure to, um, you know, about 40 PSI or more, uh, and uh, as well as a spray volume, 20 gallons per acre. So those points right there can really, uh, really help your success in the field. Uh, some of these PPOs as well as, um, you know, of course, making sure the, the uh, application is on target as well and following all those um, other practices. Um, tank mix herbicides like a, like a Roundup there, um, or uh, some uh, glyphosate or glufosinate products, they're, they're not uh, not prohibited. So, uh, you know, that's another mode of action in, in tank mixes. That's uh, something else to keep in mind. But um, really those uh, uh, medium to coarse droplet size, 20 gallons per acre, and uh, uh, high PSI, look, looking around 40, can really maximize your success. 
yeah, a lot of lot of information there. And if you're looking at this and saying, you know what, uh, I'm really curious about more details on some of these PPOs and what exactly I want to do, we've got the Ag PhD Spray Tip Guide. You can just pick your product. In this case, maybe it's Cobra, and see exactly which tips we'd recommend. The the pressure and the the volume that Trevor talked about super important too. Trevor Israel here with Valent. Thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. All right. Thank you, Darren. Have a good day. You too. Let's head down to Nebraska, another place where it's kind of hot lately. Travis Gustafson with Syngenta here. Travis, how are you doing? Oh, yeah, I agree. It's hot down here. I'm doing good. <laughs> and the pigweed are doing well. I've seen some pictures from some of the fields down there. The guys that either struggled to get their pre's on or their pre's didn't get enough water because they're in some dry land and didn't get activated. They've got some pigweed breaks happening right now in corn and beans. What are you seeing that's working? What would you recommend? Um, well, fortunately, we there's a lot of places that did get good activation on trees and they held for a good long time. But now with this weather pattern, it's it's in the sweet spot for Palmer. Um, as far as what we're seeing working for us, um, you know, whether it's your corn or soybeans, you know, the oxens are still working. But you know, I start to see some drop off in performance on these oxens when we get to these temperatures. So. Um, typically, we'll try to heat up our mixes a little bit, but we're always trying to walk that fine line between crop injury and uh, weed control. So, um, so it's always a, a balancing act there. But I guess one of the big things I tell growers is to make sure that you're using a, I think the previous caller talked about good um, you know, nozzle and droplet sizes and things like that. Getting good coverage is going to be key because while we might be targeting those two to four inch tall pigweed, there's a lot of half inch tall, tiny, tiny little guys down there that could easily get missed if we're using the wrong kind of nozzle. So uh, make sure we're getting excellent coverage out there. And that's, I think that's going to be one of the big tips moving forward here. All right. Two questions for you on corn that have come in. Uh, we're using the HPPDs. We love them. They're working great. How do we protect that mode of action? And then the other one that kind of goes hand in hand is atrazine still helping in these mixes. Is that enough of a second ingredient to provide some protection for the HPPDs? What do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. Atrazine is a huge help on HPPDs. Uh, there's a, the, a synergistic activity between those two modes of action. And um, I, I think we, I've seen definitely some better burn down, especially when you get to some of the, you know, if you're right on the edge of that, maxing out that four inch tall weed height, uh, atrazine can make the difference between taking it down and just making it mad. So um, definitely if we can, like if you're in corn and you're under 12 inches tall, uh, make sure you're putting atrazine in there with your HPPDs and they will burn down better and, um, and give you better control on stuff that's already up. Okay. Uh, on soybeans, a couple questions that have come in. When should my cutoff date be for spraying Flexstar to avoid potential carryover in my corn? And the second one, group 15s, I did a shot early. Is it okay to do another shot late? And what can I do to reduce potential leaf burn? Yeah. Um, the cutoff, so the first part of the question, Flexstar cutoff date, I usually use June 20th to June 25th. Uh, somewhere in there so uh, you know we're about 10 days out from that uh, so if you're going to spray flex start you're going to need to get it on because it is a 10-month plant back into corn um, and then as you move west there's going to be you know a few more uh, cautions as far as moisture and things like that that will play into the carryover picture to corn but um, 
As far as uh, Flexstar goes, I think, you know, we're coming right up on the end of the application time there. With Group 15s, um, using straight oils will definitely heat up the mix. So if you've got some of these EC formulations, um, that is going to heat up, and you're probably not going to avoid some, some crop response there. But uh, a product like Sequence herbicide with the dual and the glyphosate built in um, is a little bit easier on the crop that we've seen. You will get a little bit speckling, but it's not as bad as a straight EC. So you can you can look at your formulation. It's the EC formulation that usually does the speckling. Um, if you can find a group 15, like a sequence type of herbicide, and get away from that EC, um, that will help uh, reduce some of that crop response. There you go. That's a great tip. And then uh, I think about this too. There's there's a little bit of leaf response on soybeans. Generally, it doesn't amount to a big deal in terms of yield, especially if you get some moisture to get that crop going again. Travis Gustafson with Syngenta, great stuff. Thank you so much. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Downtime during spraying can lead to huge yield losses. Keep rolling with the Pentair Hypro Force Field. This pump features a unique self-regulated chamber that allows the pump to run dry while eliminating cracked seals, so you can spray longer and more reliably. Learn more at pentair.com hypro. Stop losing money from your stored grain with the Enzone Fan Control System from FarmShop MFG. The Enzone monitors outside conditions to run your fans so your grain naturally reaches ideal temperature and humidity. For more information, visit farmshopmfg.com. No matter what time of the year it is on your farm, with a Bayer Plus Rewards program, earning and redeeming rewards are always in season. Because when you buy two or more eligible seed or crop protection products throughout the year, you earn $3 per acre in cashback rewards. Cash you can redeem and reinvest in your farm later in the season. That's Bayer Plus Rewards, and that's how we're helping make every part of your season, well, rewarding. Visit MyBayerPlus.com to learn more. See program terms and conditions for full details. Don't miss the Ag PhD Field Day this year. After postponing last season, we're back and better than ever, and we have a lot of catching up to do. With the latest in ag technologies on display in our plots, in-person sessions with the world's top farmers, and tons of entertainment, food, and more, it's a day you won't want to miss. Thursday, July 29th, right here on the Hefty Farm. For more information and to register for the Ag PhD Field Day, visit agphd.com. When it comes to soybean diseases, the longer you wait, the more damage you do. Stop the clock on white mold and other yield-robbing diseases with Approach Prima Fungicide from Corteva AgriScience. Approach Prima Fungicide quickly surrounds the surface of the plant for rapid absorption, then moves throughout the plant, providing full protection of each leaf and stem, even those that have yet to emerge. Uptake occurs on day one, nearly twice as fast as the next leading competitor. For more information, visit approachprima.corteva.us or your local crop protection retailer. Always read and follow label directions. If you're a student seeking a career in agriculture or just want to learn more about raising good crops, at Ag PhD we have some great news for you. On Saturday, June 26th, we're holding an Ag PhD Young Farmers Field Day right here on our farm. In addition to providing great information, we'll be heading into the fields to show you the principles of agronomy and crop scouting firsthand. College scholarships will be available to eligible attendees too. For more information and to register for the Young Farmers Field Day, visit agphd.com. Revitech Fungicide from BASF has been specifically developed for the selective soybean grower who doesn't compromise. If you think good is good enough, if you're okay with just achieving rather than overachieving, if average is your goal, this is not the fungicide for you. Revitech Fungicide. 
brand new chemistry, three no-excuse modes of action, zero modes of compromise. Sounds like the fungicide for you. Revitech Fungicide from BASF. That's smart. Always read and follow label directions. Welcome back to Ag PhD Radio. Brian Hefty here along with my brother Darren. We're going to get to the Ag PhD mailbag in just a minute. But before we do, I wanted to talk a little bit more about these pigweed escapes. There are a couple things really we're looking at. Number one is yield loss. Number two is, are these weeds going to go to seed? So the seed question, that's really a personal choice. If you want to let stuff go to seed, you certainly can. I will just tell you from firsthand experience, when we've done that, hasn't turned out too well for like five years. We spend more money each of the next five years to clean up our one year of letting stuff go to seed. Uh, So I'm not a big fan of letting stuff go to seed, I will just tell you. Uh, But when I say that, we also get to the point where, okay, let's say it was corn. I I know in 2018 and 2019 it was wet, and so a lot of people, uh, or at least some farmers, didn't get their spraying done. And then I get calls around tasseling time, guys saying, well, um, I got bad news. I didn't get my spraying done. And I'm wondering, should I go out with drop nozzles and spray 2,4-D after brown silk? You certainly can do that. We've never done that. I don't know if I ever will do that. Because the way I look at it is, number one, I got crop canopy out there. And crop canopy is the best weed killer there is. So generally speaking, that chokes out a lot of the weeds. So usually not many go to seed. But the other end of it is, well, what am I going to spend to get this done, knowing that it's not going to help me for yield at all this year? If you can keep in corn that field weed-free until the time it's a foot tall, you're usually home free in terms of yield and uh, loss, yield loss from weeds. So I'm just saying after the time the corn's a foot tall, you're really focused on weeds and, uh, and them going to seed. You're not focused on weeds and them hurting your yield. If we're talking soybeans, that's a different story. With soybeans, it's all the way into literally August where soybeans can have their yield hurt by weeds. And part of the reason why there's such a difference is look at the height of the soybeans. Very often, it's early August here, even on our own farm, and those beans are no bigger than knee high. Well, if they're not fully shading out the ground and giving you fantastic crop canopy, they're not holding weeds back. And if the weeds get ahead of them, soybeans put so much of their yield on late in the season that the weeds can actually shade out some of the soybeans and hurt the yield. So soybeans and corn are just two totally different crops, and you have to treat them as such. So if we end up with late escapes in soybeans, yeah, I'm still in favor a lot of times of spraying. The question is, what can you spray? So already, Flexstar, we're basically done because it's June 15th. Well, I want to plant my corn by April 15th, maybe even earlier than that next year. And there's a 10-month label restriction with Flexstar. Plus the fact we're in a drought right now. We're in a severe drought area, according to the National Drought Monitor. Well, I'm worried as far as carryover. So Flexstar's out. Um, Well, if I can't get Liberty, I don't want to spray dicamba. Um, you know, what do I have left? Um, Roundup is tight, but there is Roundup or glyphosate available out there. So 
if it's me, I'm still going to spray pretty late. But by the time I get into July, I just don't, unfortunately, have a lot of options. Liberty, by the way, you have to be done spraying by R1. That's first flower. So that's the early part of July. Whereas in list, that is a good option going a little bit later. That's all the way through R2. So we're usually talking in my area. July 20th, maybe even July 25th by the, before we get to R3. So there is some time. And so a lot of times we're looking at something like Enlist in the Enlist crops. Um, a lot of people will talk about Cobra or Phoenix or Cadet, maybe Resource. All those PPOs can burn your beans. And in a drought year, I do worry about that. If I'm going to get rain afterwards, usually turns out fine. That leaf burn that you end up with, not a big deal. But if it stays dry for the next month, then yes, we actually have seen some yield loss. But most of the time, it does turn out fine. So it, it is a real, it's a, it's a debate every year. You got to ask yourself, hey, are these weeds bad enough that number one, they're going to hurt my yield? Or number two, I'm worried that they're going to go to seed and cause me problems for several years versus what's the cost, how is it going to affect my yield if I spray, how much leaf burns are going to be, so just a lot of things for you to think about. And if you have specific questions for us on any situation on your farm, we're more than happy to take that call. Uh, you can also send us an email if you'd like to in our Ag PhD mailbag, which we're going to get to right now. It's now mailbag time with Brian and Darren. All right. First question comes from Ed in Indiana. He said, how do I control yellow nut sedge in conventional seed corn? Yeah, I sprayed degree extra pre-emerged. Then I sprayed three quarters of an ounce of Armazon and a half pound of atrazine post. Yep. The two products that work are Permit and Bassigran. So in corn. Post-emerge. Post-emerge. Right. And in soybeans, basically we just have Bassigran. So... And I don't remember how late you can spray permit on corn, but it's not like super late. Permit's an ALS herbicide. Whereas Bassigran, that's very safe to corn at about any stage. So you have to follow the label. I'm not saying spray it at any stage, but I am saying Bassigran is a pretty safe product to corn, even though we have always kind of thought of that as a soybean herbicide. In the future, I would just tell you dual, I mean, surprisingly, is really good on, well, I shouldn't say really good. It is good. It's significantly better yellow, than, yes, yellow than what degree would be, for Right. Example. So use dual in the future. Use it at the full rate. Then follow in your corn, either with permit or bassigran, and follow in soybeans with, uh, with just bassigran. Now, if you do have Roundup crops, I would say we have gotten Roundup to work if you use the highest labeled rate the lowest possible water volume and you have small spray droplets with uh, and just getting good coverage that's what we're after is good coverage and you might say well wait a second you said low water volume yes i said that because when you think about yellow uh yellow nut sedge it has very waxy leaves and it's not even much for leaves so how are you going to stick anything on there well, you have to have very concentrated droplets. That's why you want high chemical, low water, small spray droplets. Do your best, and it will work out okay. All right. Thanks for the question. All right. You're going to love this one, Brian. This is from Jim, and he said, Why don't you have more irrigation on farmland in eastern South Dakota? Is it the expense or the laws or both? Uh, it's actually... 
well, I, I, you could say the expense. It's certainly not the laws. There's no problem putting irrigation in. But the reason why is we're very cold, and a lot of times we do have fairly decent moisture to grow a crop. I mean, we're in a severe drought right now, but that's a problem, obviously. But here's the other issue. Like for us personally, we would like to irrigate, but below us sits granite. And we've talked to a number of well drillers who said, good luck trying to get enough water for irrigation. I mean, to drill a well for your house and that tiny little bit of water you need, that's no big deal. But we can't get enough water because it sits below that granite. So this is also why in our region here, there's a lot of basically rock mining, gravel mining. Um, We have super good rock, which is great for roads and everything else. Not so good for us as farmers, and especially when we're trying to drill through it. Yeah, there are a couple of well drillers we've talked to that have said, yep, uh, we've tried it before, and eventually the money runs out from who we're trying it with, and we stop before we ever hit water. So if you want to do that, we're more than welcome to have you give us a bunch of money, but I don't think we're going to find enough water, you know, at a reasonable price below all, or by the time we drill all all the way through that granite. All right, thanks for the question. Got this one from Bob, and he said, you talk about building organic matter on your soils. Do you use humates or humic acid or those types of products to help along the way? Not much, no. No, the biggest thing for building soil organic matter, number one is reducing your tillage. That's by far and away number one also. Two is if you can, you want to try to raise crops that have lots of roots. Most organic matter actually comes from roots breaking down, not from above ground residue. So corn, for example, has five times the root mass of soybeans. You will build organic matter faster planting corn than beans. Three would be use manure or compost. Four, where it fits, use cover crops. And then five, you could use some biological products and humic would fall into that. Uh, But it's certainly not in my top four things to do. All right, we'll get back to more of your calls and questions right after this. Stay tuned. Maintaining your crops is as important now as it's ever been. Howler, a revolutionary fungicide from AgBiome, can help. It provides long-lasting protection from a broad spectrum of foliar and soil diseases that affect crops. Howler is OMRI listed, has multiple modes of action, and has minimal pre-harvest and re-entry intervals. It's flexible, easy to use, and is available right now. Visit agbiome.com forward slash Howler to learn more. If you're a student seeking a career in agriculture or just want to learn more about raising good crops, at Ag PhD, we have some great news for you. On Saturday, June 26th, we're holding an Ag PhD Young Farmers Field Day right here on our farm. In addition to providing great information, we'll be heading into the fields to show you the principles of agronomy and crop scouting firsthand. College scholarships will be available to eligible attendees too. For more information and to register for the Young Farmers Field Day, visit agphd.com. Precision crop nutrition pays. And AgroLiquid has precisely what it takes to help you succeed. The right products plus the right expertise to give you guidance based on your soils, your fields, and your goals. While our clean, seed-safe formulations and lower application rates make planter fertilizer easier than ever. AgroLiquid. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. A history of success means proven performance. 
but let's call performance what it is, profitability. And boosting yours, no matter what the season brings, is the goal of Decal Brand Corn. Backed by exclusive genetics, whole farm solutions, and unmatched dealer support. Let nothing shake your perseverance. Ask your dealer how Decal Brand Corn can help you realize a future of performance. Always read and follow IRM where applicable. Grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Give your corn a strong defense against stress throughout the season with MycoApply Indoprime SC. MycoApply Indoprime SC uses four specially selected species of mycorrhizal fungi to protect your crop against stress. That means more access to water and key micronutrients while building a healthy soil structure for stronger crops for years to come. Stronger corn starts beneath the surface. Learn more about MycoApply Indoprime SC at IndoprimeCorn.com. Always read and follow label instructions. If you're looking to get the most out of your foliar nutrition and fungicide programs, ask your ag retailer about Nutex EDA from Sipcam Agro. Nutex EDA has been proven to increase foliar micronutrient tissue levels and maintain those levels for an extended period of time. When tank mixed with fungicides, Nutex EDA helps support plant health, resulting in higher quality and yields. Nutex EDA is an affordable and effective solution that should be part of every grower's high-yield toolbox. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us today. We're right in the middle of the Ag PhD mailbag time, taking your calls and questions at 844-44-AG-PHD. Also, you can email us, radio at agphd.com. And I got an email. This is from Charlene who says, Why in the world do you talk about Roundup as a choice for weed control when lawsuit after lawsuit has been brought up against it? Uh, because the lawsuits are all basically fictitious. So there's nobody getting cancer from Roundup. Come on. I, I mean, Roundup works on an enzyme, glyphosate, I should say, works on an enzyme that's found only in plants. So if you look at every test ever done in the world by any legitimate scientist, they found it to be non-cancer causing. It's actually quite safe to humans, animals, the environment, everything else. Uh, but it, it's totally each person's choice. If they believe that it's dangerous or whatever, then use something else. But the thing is, it's very inexpensive. It's actually very safe. And so people that want to use it, by all means, go ahead and use it. It's the most popular herbicide in the world. So we have to talk about it. And also, I would just say, right on the label of Roundup or any pesticide, even the very, very safe ones, there are requirements for personal protective equipment. There are requirements for how you use the product and so on. So if you don't follow those things, then any pesticide could potentially harm you. But, yeah, I'm not worried about Roundup at all. All right. Thanks for that email. We appreciate that. And this is from Gabriel, who says, in years past, you've had some different folks that you've worked with talk about sugars and using them, spraying them around tasseling time. You've even talked about tree halos sugar. We're about two weeks away from tassel. Just wondering, have you done enough research on it to see if it's cost effective? I'm going out with a fungicide and insecticide, considering throwing in some sugar, too. <sighs> <laughs> Triolose, we tried it one time, and I don't know why we haven't done more experiments with it. Because when we did it was, use it the one time, it, it was actually the only paid. it was the only sugar that actually worked on its own at that time. Right. So I, I would just say, 
it's very complicated. In other words, it all it depends on a whole bunch of other factors on your farm, what you're doing for soil nutrition, foliar nutrition, a lot of other things to say, will that sugar pay for you or not? So our advice is just try some. It's very inexpensive. Just throw it in on a couple, three tank loads and go from there. All right, uh, got this one from Brian, and he's in southeastern Michigan. He said, we've got a small farm. We have a local co-op do the spraying for us. The co-op, unfortunately, is three weeks behind right now. So we're looking at having somebody else spray for us. Well, last year we used PowerMax, Extendamax, and Warrant. We had really good success. We've got Mare's Tail, Water, Hemp, and Ragweed. The new company, however, will not spray Extendamax. <laughs> they also yep. will not spray Warrant. They said they only use Roundup and First Rate. I'm pretty young, and I don't have a lot of experience with these herbicides, but I'd much rather have the products that I know have been working. Just wondering, what is your opinion on this? Will the other herbicides do the job, or should I find somebody else? Wait, did he say what weeds? Mare's tail, water hemp, and ragweed. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, I feel for you because first rate has no chance. There's no chance. Ragweed, it could do okay, but not the not the water hemp and uh, mare's tail. Probably not the mare's tail. Most mare's tail is ALS resistant. It's too big, too. Yep, I'd I'd find somebody else to spray what you want, and I certainly would not wait for three weeks. They they got to get after it, or it's going to be too big. No. Now here's something too to look that if I was you, what I would do. I would get a pole type sprayer or even a three point mounted sprayer. You can get a three point sprayer for not much money. And if you say, well, it's tough, I'm young, and how do I afford that? You find two or three other farmers you can spray for, and you spray theirs too. So when you're young and you don't have money, this is how we did it, how our dad did it, how his dad did it, is you put in a crazy amount of hours. So if you're not willing to work 80 to 100 hours, then it's going to be really hard when you're a young farmer. Yeah, not, but not every single week either. You just nope, have to work a lot when the work them. needs to get done. Yep. But my point is get your own sprayer so then you are now in control. Not only will you be able to save money in the herbicide, you'll save in the application, you'll get stuff done timely, you'll have better yield, you'll make more money in the farm, plus you help justify the sprayer by just doing a little bit of work for some of your neighbors. Because you know darn well if whoever you're working with is three weeks behind, well, they're not just three weeks behind for you. They're two or three weeks behind for several other guys that are right next to you as well. So I'm guessing you could make that work pretty easily. But yeah, a three-point mounted 60-foot boom sprayer uh, does not cost much money, and I'm sure you already have the tractor. Hey, thanks for the question. We appreciate that, Brian. Uh, it said to the phone lines here, we got Joe in East Central Illinois on. Joe, thanks for calling in. What can we do for you? Hey guys, um, uh, so I have winter wheat that I'm going to be harvesting soon, and I had seeded red clover underneath that as a cover crop, um, and I guess fortunately, unfortunately, the wheat is good enough, and I don't know if it's just the conditions, but that red clover got um, pretty choked out. There's still some there, but I know if I leave it, I'll have about half red clover and half water hemp, um, yep. which is not the cover crop that I want. Yep. Um, so I'm wondering about going to something like sorghum or sorghum sedan grass just to have some better weed control options to keep it clean in the cover crop. Okay. And I'm going to corn, and I'm wondering what your thoughts are about using a pretty strong rate of atrazine and just keeping that 
cover crop pretty clean and then rotating the corn next year. Okay. Um, so first of all, to that specific question, we're not real big on putting a lot of atrazine out. And the reason why isn't so much agronomic, it's environmental. Uh, number one, the maximum use rate per year on atrazine is around two pounds. Don't quote me. You can look at the label, but it's around two pounds to the acre. So technically you could put that much on. But even that, when you do it, we just worry about the leaching. So I don't know what your soil is like or anything else, but if you get a bunch of rain and all of a sudden some of that atrazine starts to move down, atrazine's one of the easiest products to leach. It leaches not quite as easy as nitrate, but it's real, It's in the same ballpark. So we worry about that because all of a sudden it ends up in somebody's groundwater and it just causes more problems for more farmers out there. So rather than using atrazine, we would tell you to use something like, let's say it's Sharpen or Outlook. or I mean, there are plenty of herbicides that are labeled for use in sorghum. Now, when you, get, when you start talking sedan grass, there are fewer products that are labeled, but still you have some other options other than uh, just going atrazine. Now, you mentioned the key thing there is having something growing and growing thick. If it's growing thick, generally speaking, that's going to choke the weeds out. So we don't usually have a lot of problems with Sudan grass having a whole bunch of weeds coming, especially water hemp. So I wouldn't get super worried about that. Stepping back to your winter wheat deal, this is why on, on our show very often we talk about uh, these cover crops and trying to rate, trying to seed a cover crop in early. It this what happened to you now happens all the time to people when they try that is the one crop chokes out the other crop. Well, now you got a half stand out there, and is that really what you want? It just it unfortunately it just doesn't work out super well. So I feel for you. I'm sorry that that's happened to you, but yeah, I think just like you said, you're probably ahead to just tear that up, put something else in there, and then go to corn next year yeah yeah i've actually had pretty good success doing the red clover into the, the small grains mm -hmm. uh this is actually the first time i had it not work mm -hmm. but yeah definitely i don't uh i don't want a weed mess so i am gonna <laughs> right uh, go to a full season cover crop yep yep no no we hear you uh yeah those weeds you let them go to seed and uh, you got a disaster we were just talking about that earlier in the show for like five years so um we we've done that too many times just to try stuff and we do it on small acreage and and that and we say just let's just let it go and let's see what happens <laughs> it's disaster every time so no i don't like that either yep all right well thanks guys you bet thanks joe good luck appreciate it yep. Bye. All right, got this question in from HF who says, uh, you guys are talking about molybdenum on your show, and I'm curious, one of my areas of my farm tested at 0.3 parts per million. I can't seem to find any answer anywhere about how much is too much or not enough of molybdenum. What what targets do you shoot for on your soil test? We usually are shooting for one part per million. Now, you also have to understand molybdenum is what's considered a heavy metal, and you can't put crazy amounts on so i think it's eight tenths of a pound is the mo of actual is the most you can put on per acre per year uh so yeah don't 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 go nuts or anything like that so usually we talk to guys about putting just small amounts on for maybe three years in a row i know neil kinsey says seven ounces of sodium molybdate each year for three years uh, but you you just want to uh, continue testing and see if you're getting yield response Thanks for the question. We really appreciate that. And thanks to you for listening today. Be sure to 
Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.